Welcome to yet another sparkling edition of the Thought Police. It's me, Mike Graham, and it's him, Matt Kelly. Hello. Uh, very warm welcome to you, Matt. Once again, uh, we find ourselves having to talk about the election. Yes. Because it's only three weeks away now. It's incredible. Oh, actually, um, I suppose you might... I suppose it still is three, it's about two and a half weeks. It's not even three weeks. It's not it? even three weeks, yeah. but still, I'm sick of it, aren't you? Well, I think the whole nation is thoroughly bored of politics in general. Yeah. You know, and that is, you know... We, this is the most important election in, you know, so many decades. Yeah. And, yeah, the feeling I'm getting is that no-one's got the energy to really engage with it. That no. And also, I think everything is beginning to, for me, um, sort of conspire against a big turnout, you know? Yeah. You're going to have the bad weather. Yeah. Uh, you're going to have the, the di- disinterest. Yeah. You're going to have an awful lot of places where people wanted to vote a particular way but can't. Yeah. Because either there's no Brexit Party candidate or there's no... Um, Green Party yeah. candidate, or there's no Lib Dem. You know what I mean? I think it's the most confusing yeah. election for the electorate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, I think Professor John Curtis got it right when he said basically the only way to break this down is to say a vote for the, the Tories and Boris Johnson is a vote to leave the European Union. Yes. Everything else isn't, yeah. effectively. Well, I, I mean, I wish it was that simple because I'd love to know what a vote for Boris Johnson meant in terms of how we leave the European yeah. Union. You know, because I keep reading now that no deal is firmly back on the table mm. and there's various scenarios playing Well, out. it could be. See, yeah. this is a bit that I find quite strangely disturbing in a way from Jeremy Corbyn's point of view. Because you remember when he said, I don't think uh, I want to have an election until we can guarantee that no deal is off That's the right. table. Yeah. Then they started talking about how, actually, um, at, the, at the end of the day, there could be a no deal after the... Um, transition period yep. comes to an end if yep. no deal has been struck. That's right. And that hasn't changed. No, not so at all. So, in fact, it was never taken off the table. The only reason Corbyn then went for the election was he was kind of shamed into it, wasn't yeah. he? And he and the he, Lib Dems. You know, he, do you remember we said a few podcasts ago that the most likely scenario for no deal was that it, if it happened, it would happen by accident? Yeah. And I really still think that that's a live possibility. Yeah. You know, I really think we could exit on no deal by accident. Yeah. And I know, you know, that's not alarming to some people. It's very alarming to others. But nevertheless, I don't think it's what anybody thought they were going into when they voted. But do you know what? I wonder whether that could happen as well, because given what happened before with the Supreme Court and the little lawsuits and all of yeah. that, I wonder whether um, just by having a big enough majority to say we're pushing this through anyway, yeah. we don't care, it might not. that somebody yeah. might not go, hang on a second, you know, we've already got yeah. previous for this, we can take you to court and stop it. Yeah. And maybe do enough to just frustrate it. Well, I, I which mean, would maybe be the worst of all worlds, would it? Wouldn't it? Maybe they could frustrate it, but I don't. I mean, if it was the government's policy and they got a majority, it's hard to see how how anything could really stop them because it's a political decision. Yeah. So anyway, I mean, you know what I think. I think. Yeah. You know, I hope that we get a second referendum out of it. But yeah. uh, increasing. Do you not feel? Let me ask you a question, mm. and I'm asking for a bit of a chink of light here. Yeah. Don't you feel the more complex it gets and the more troublesome it gets and the fact that most people out there are feeling, do you know what, can we just move the hell on? Yeah. Don't you think that the best way to, to get that closure is to ask the people again? Not really, no, because I think that's how we got into this mess in the first place. Yeah. I mean, that's my worry. Yeah. I think had the referendum never been held, right, Yeah. had there been a conversation that went on inside the Houses of Parliament, about whether or not we should leave the European Union. They would have clearly voted to remain to in remain it. To remain, by and a long so margin. so they would have said, no, we're not going to leave. Yeah. Now, just imagine if that had been the case. Yeah. Where would we be? Yeah. We'd be a lot further down the road of all sorts of different things. Well, we'd have a different Prime Minister. We'd have a di- we wouldn't have an election. We would have, hopefully, two, two and a half or three years more investment yeah. in the NHS that yeah. everyone's now talking about. 
the social care that Boris Johnson mm. said he had a massive plan for, yeah. but now apparently doesn't, yeah. would be well in it's motion. It's actually an interesting thought, isn't it? If Brexit had never happened, yeah. if David Cameron Where had never would thought we be this was the answer... Yeah. I mean, it's almost... Uh, the, the sky's almost the limit, isn't it? Do you know, I used to think that Theresa May was worse than David Cameron because uh, my logic was that at least Theresa May had a choice, mm. right? Dave, and, and she knew she was doing something that she thought was bad for the country. And I, and I thought, I can't think of a single Prime Minister in our history mm. who has proactively pursued a policy that he or she thought was actually bad for the country. Yeah. And because Cameron thought he was going to get away with it, right? Yeah. So and and well, he thought it, that Remain was going to win. He, yeah. So he thought he'd be able to do this, pull the party together, and move on. Yeah. So in in a way, it, the fact that Theresa May was doing it knowingly said to me that she's even worse than Cameron. But I have to say, the more I think about David Cameron, the more I think he is to be absolutely reviled uh -huh. as a as a prime minister. Well, I think he has thrown us up, into a state of chaos. Has it not chaos. been summed up terribly well? I mean, he wrote his book recently, which was published, and everybody interviewed him and all of that. Um, and he talked about his regrets. But I mean, I think for me, the kind of thing that that really encapsulates what the problem was with David Cameron is that moment where he's humming yeah. to himself uh, as he's trying to, and he says. Yeah in the book that he's doing that because he's kind of absent-mindedly yeah. not sure if the door's open and nulli la but just the idea Bollocks. that he's kind of yeah. sort of taking this whole thing yeah. on the <laughs> chin because you know well just another little setback I'll yeah. just go back to my yeah. multi-million pound home yeah. um, and Cornwall and write a get book get my shepherd's hut it'll be, uh, yeah it'll be yeah. okay and yeah, yeah Samantha's doing so well with her business yeah. and he literally could not have given a fuck yeah by that stage. Contemptuous. You know? Arrogant and, and until that moment, until he went for the referendum, I was actually yeah. saying to people on the radio, I actually think Cameron's not doing a bad job. He might go down as one of the best Tory Prime Ministers we've had. Yeah. Because at that moment... No, I can see how you can make that case. I thought he was doing quite a good, yeah. quite a good job. He well, his... steering the economy reasonably well. He'd got rid of the Lib Dems and yeah. that kind of idiot Nick Clegg from hanging around on his coattails. Yeah. And he appeared to be, for me anyway... Um, sort of practicing a type of conservatism that I quite like because yeah. I've never been particularly right wing yeah. about you know anything to do with sort of what you might call traditional conservative values and all of that. Mm. You know, I'm much more like a Boris Johnson liberal actually. If, yeah. you, if you need to know that, um, and yeah. although you may pick me up on that at some point down the no, road. No, but I, I know the but point you know you're I mean? making. Yeah, but I'm not. You know, I'm I'm probably fiscally yeah. quite conservative, but, yeah. but socially liberal, yeah. which is what I tell people I am. You know. Yeah. Well, I, here's my prediction: is that Within 10 years, David Cameron will either have to emigrate or he will never go out for a meal in this country again. Well, because... it must be tricky for some yeah. of these guys. I mean, we've been talking about Tony Blair in the past yeah. and how hard it is for him to go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, Alistair Campbell must get it as well, doesn't he? I think, well, interestingly... Because he's never off the telly, so yeah, everybody but... knows what he looks like. Yeah, and the thing about Alistair is that he will argue the toss with people in public yeah. and he's very good on his feet. He's and a he's... big guy. And he's a big lad. You better, so... you better be prepared. Yeah. Uh, to take him on yeah. physically. But I think he is, I, and I might be wrong, but I think he has got a, a new sort of groundswell of empathy from people because of the great work he's done on mental health. So, Well, you I say that, people see there's not many people that I hear from who've no. got anything good to say about him at all. No, what, based on Iraq? Based and, on Iraq yeah, and the yeah. fact that he was the inventor of the spin and all the rest of it. And yeah. the fact as well that he's associated with the most hated Prime Minister. I mean, I still can't yeah. quite get my head around why Tony Blair is the most hated Prime Minister of well, all time. I mean, I, I look at Blair's record and I see nothing but good apart from one obvious, you know, calamity. Clearing calamity. Was, and... Um, I, I, you know, and maybe I'll get a lot of stick for saying this, but I think it's grossly unfair well, that I the think guy it is. is tarnished like Listen, that. Listen, it's mm. one of the few things that a lot of people that like me and like my radio show 
don't like about me is, is my defence of Tony Blair. Mm. Because, I, again, I mean, if you imagine or remember what Britain was like before 1997, yeah. it was pretty backward, yeah. you know? It was not technologically up to speed. It was not what you might describe as a modern no. Western democracy. It felt like black it and white. It was full of old it, fogies know? like John yeah. Major. And he really transformed the yeah. economy. And changed it into something modern, yeah. I think. I and mean, he I think brought he, a lot of people actually, together. Yeah, yeah, and he actually did bring us, I think, into the digital age. And I, you know, I wonder whether in the next election, in five years' time, or whenever they decide to have it, there'll be a. We need a Blair-like figure who can bring these two polarised sides of politics together a bit, or certainly that. And it's not Joe Swinson, right? There's no, no way. Absolutely not. Joe she, Swinson cannot bring a nation proved. together. What is wrong with the Liberal Democrats, yeah. right? They've, promoted, they've over-promoted her. Yeah. I said it at the time when she was made leader that basically, yeah. you know, she's not up to it. And yeah. when she came out and said, vote for me, I'm yeah. going to be the next Prime Minister of this country, yeah. everybody went, what? Do me what are you talking about? And by the way, we sh- I, I think it's worth saying this in this woke age. I I feel nervous saying Joe Swinson, criticising Joe Swinson mm. because she's what, a woman. Because she's a woman. And yeah, why but, though? But because everybody tiptoes around on, on, on feminism and are you being misogynistic? Oh, you're just picking on the woman. Yeah. I'm picking on Joe Swinson because I think she has been really disappointed yeah. as a leader who has got a moment in time mm. now yeah. where she could she could create something extraordinary. Yeah. And I think she's messed it up. She so, has, you know. because she went too far yeah. uh, with her kind of rabid yeah. Remainer-ism. Yeah. I mean, she had just said, look, we want to stick with the second referendum because we think that's the best way yeah. to do it. Rather than saying, actually, if we got into power, we would just pretend that the first referendum didn't happen. Yeah, I that agree. Would be it. I mean, I, that was nonsense. Well, they did that to up the ante against Labour. Mm. Who had suddenly they thought Labour's now standing on our turf, yeah, yeah. so we'll have to go even more extreme. Right. Even I thought that was ridiculous. Yeah. You, can't, you can't just say, oh, by the way, let's just, let's just about can it. it. Yeah, I mean, people would pull the Houses of Parliament down if you did that. Oh, they would, and I I'd mean, be with them. Yeah, that would be very dangerous behaviour yeah. indeed. And then uh, for her to willfully misuse statistics and polls and make out that you know because it's always happens with Lib Dems though just because they got a few extra MPs who only got there because they walked across the aisle from Labour and from the Tory party um, it looks now polling wise anyway that they're not going to keep any of those extra MPs that they're just going to have the same number roughly as they they had before they all defected they might get an extra one or two so this kind of delusion that they all suffer from Oh, you know, if this could be replicated across the across the land like yeah. it was in the European elections, we won the European elections yeah. when they didn't, no, right? Course, yeah. But they did get a big share of the vote because yeah. that's what they always get. Yeah. They always get a big share of the vote, but they don't get a big share of the seats. My problem is I don't like anyone right now. I mean, not just obviously what about me? socially. Obviously, okay. I've, I've, I've right. always felt like that. But finally, my personality has worn its way into politics, and I, I've got nothing but disdain for mm. all of them. Yeah. you know, the only one we've talked it's about. It's very this hard to see some group of people to support yeah. who even all actually agree with one another. Yeah. I mean, Boris Johnson makes a big thing at the moment of all of the Conservative Party uh, candidates, as well as MPs, former MPs, agreeing on the Brexit withdrawal bill, saying mm. that they all want it. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But, you know, do they all actually agree on it? Mm. Will they all agree when, when they've finally got their seat yeah. and their constituents are right. saying, oh, have you taken leave of your senses, right. mate? You know, we don't want to leave the European Union. Well, yet. except, I suppose, if they do get that big majority, they've got five more years. So they've got five yeah. years in you know, uh, sitting there in yeah. power to just carry on. Yeah, I just I, I can't wait for the day when, when we can stop talking about bloody Brexit. Yeah. And move well, it ain't on. coming any time soon. No, I know. That's my fear, is we'll spend all of next yeah. year, for sure. Yeah. Maybe all of 21. Yeah talking about it the nhs will still be in a state of absolute 
chaos. Well, no, because it will have fifty thousand oh, nurses, it, except for the nineteen thousand that were already employed. <laughs> yeah, but hang on. did you hear, did you hear Nicky Morgan on GM on Good Morning Britain yesterday? I didn't. No. So Susanna Reid tore, tore her to pieces. She said, "But hang on, Nicky." Susanna Reid's getting good at that. She's very good. She's always been I mean, good. She's I think. Always she gets been drowned out a little bit sometimes by the bloke who sits next to her <laughs> who can't can't keep his gosh. Uh, former boss. Yeah, but. She said, but Nikki, uh, 19,000 of them are already working. And she said, no, but our strategy is to encourage them to stay in their jobs. Therefore, we're counting them as part of the 50,000. I'm sorry. You know, no matter how well you cut that, it's not going to work. But do they think we're bloody idiots? They must do. Well, I think they must do, because I think they must think, if we put that number out there mm. and we keep saying it, yeah. 50,000 nurses, 50,000 yeah. nurses, same way that Corbyn says the Trump uh, sell-off, yeah. and he just keeps saying it. I had John McDonnell on the other day, right? I said, why do you insist on telling this lie? It's a lie. It's yeah. not true. Yeah. What did he say? He said, well, it is true. He said, all you've got to do is look at the redacted documents mm. that Jeremy held up at conference to see that, you know, they're right. already in talks to sell. I said, right. no. Those talks are about buying medicine, yeah. right? And they're not secret because you know about them. Yeah. <laughs> Two, they're buying medicine, right, from yeah. the only company in the world that makes that particular medicine yeah. for a particular... I think it's for cystic fibrosis or right. something. Um, and they can't buy that medicine from it. And he's, oh, yes, but it's the foot in the door for the American companies. Oh, and God. it's just like, yeah. they won't listen. Well, it's got it's some me, common sense. I don't know whether that's true or not, but their argument has got to be a lot better than that. Well, you think so. And, and by the way, the thing that puzzles the hell out of me is... Why did they bother lying about the number of nurses? If they'd come out and said 30,000 new nurses, yeah. right, everyone would have gone, oh, that's great. Right. And but, we're going to stop yeah. another 19,000 nurses yeah, from And leaving. we're going to improve the... the we're going to make the, it the, possible. The, yeah. Another 19. Yeah. But, so why lie? And the only conclusion I can reach is that they lie because they can't do anything else. Mm. It's embedded in their DNA. Right. They spin everything. But this is it. it. The truth has become sort of... Second, secondary to, to the story, to, to the story, yeah. and to the and to the headline. Do you in think, the same way that, for yeah. example, um, we were talking about GPs the other week. Yeah, um, there are something like five thousand fewer GPs now since the Tories had, uh, announced that they were going to have another five thousand increase. Right? right. So in fact, the differential is ten thousand. Right. Yeah, However, actually, and then, nobody said this. I looked it up and found it hidden away somewhere. Actually, three and a half thousand more doctors are currently being trained. Yeah. So they have actually done something to bring yeah. another load of doctors through, but they won't be ready for another two or three years. Right. So actually, they are sticking to what they said they would do, yeah. albeit they're down by thousand, one thousand five hundred. Right. But since another five thousand already left, yeah. it doesn't really matter. No. Do you know what I mean? Do you think that? I mean, I suppose the media has always been part of politics and the idea that we are somehow objective observers on the side or commentators yeah. is nonsense because right. but i've never known a time when i feel like all of politics is now focused on how can we get the narrative out into the media mm. and how can we get them to bite on our soundbite how can we get them to use our headline yeah you know and when you think about a big policy like free wi-fi for everybody yeah. right i would say you know, in the great scheme of things, all right, it's going to be nice for some people and, and, and not important to other people. Right. But is that really the thing that we should be talking about as a nation? I know. But the only reason we're talking about it is it's unusual. Yeah. And so it makes a headline. It yeah. makes a talking point. Yeah. When the real things are boring, yeah. like like the health system. And so the thing I'd love to be talking about is the state of social care, yeah. which has been on the agenda about five years ago and then gradually fell off the agenda. Yeah. And today... Boris Johnson, who 
previously had said, oh, we've got a fantastic plan. Yeah. Now, releases the manifesto, sorry, yesterday, and, of course, there's like a line and a half saying, we'll do something about it, we'll mm. fix it. Now, that, to me, is much more consequential than free bloody Wi-Fi yeah, for people. exactly. But you can't just say, we're going to fix it, though, no. either, because that's not really good enough. You're going to have yeah. to say, how are you going to fix it? Yeah. How it's going to change? How it's going to affect me yeah. in 20 years' time? Yeah. You know, when and how I'm much gonna, is it going to cost? And how much is yeah. it going to cost? Yeah. And all of that. But look, we seem to have forgotten about the cost of everything now. Yeah. Um, because, basically, everyone's going, well, don't worry, you just borrow it. Yeah. You can just borrow it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't matter if you haven't got the money. You know, the waspy thing, you know, we can pay off all these uh, pension women yeah. who should have got this money some years ago. We'll just give it to them. Yeah. We'll just borrow it. And, and then the other thing that happens is that an enormous number gets plucked from thin air. Yeah, 58 and, billion quid. Oh, How point, do they even know that? 1.2 trillion, the cost of labour, yeah. right? Now, I bet you this, I might be wrong, and apologies if people think that I'm talking down to people here, but I bet you if you went and asked 100 people out in the street, what is a trillion pounds, yeah. right? I bet you half of them wouldn't know what it, what it is. No. And, they uh, but but they what they do know is oh like my big god, one point two yeah. trillion. But, you heard? but now, because these numbers have been bandied about so much, yeah. nobody bats an eyelid. I mean, fifty eight billion for this waspy uh, thing, which wasn't in the manifesto, yeah. which they dreamed up after Boris Johnson said he wasn't going to yeah, do anything about yeah, it. Yeah. You kind of go, huh? Fifty eight billion, billion pounds. I mean, you might not even be able to buy a Liverpool football club for that these days. But I mean, that's another story no, altogether. You, well, you could, I mean, you easily you could easily get Liverpool football. Club. You could get the whole Premier League for fifty eight billion. <laughs> well, that's you but know, a hospital so, costs about two hundred and fifty million quid to million, build, right? Yes, million. Yes. So there's four of them right. times fifty. You get four in a billion right. times fifty eight. So you're looking at here's my maths: two hundred and thirty two. Hospitals. Yes, 232 hospitals, new yeah. hospitals, or you get that policy. Yeah, and that, when you put it like that, it sounds ridiculous, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, well, it is ridiculous. Yeah, but that's like the other thing now, where you get the opposition in the, in the form of Labour having to go at Boris Johnson for saying that he's going to build 40 new hospitals, yeah. when it turns out, no, he's not actually going to build 40 new hospitals, he's actually refurbishing six hospitals. Yeah. Um, but they're pulling you up on it as if they don't do the same thing. Yeah. And the rest of us are sitting around going, would you people yeah. just get your fucking act together yeah. and tell us the truth? But you know what? Do people want to hear the truth? Are they that asked? Because there are, Maybe not. There are things like fact check and the BBC does... Yeah, but now there's so much there's... of that that even that's been corrupted. Yeah, yeah. Because there are now things called fact check, yeah. which are actually not fact check. I mean, yeah. the Tory party got into a lot of hot oh water my God, yeah. because they renamed their Twitter account. But I thought... I mean, should... is that really important? Well, I think the deceit behind it is important. But it wasn't deceitful. They had CC... HQ. Yes, because they can't, it. they can't change Because you that. can't change it. So, but they changed the things they well, could change. it's not change. really deceitful, is it? I, I mean, Labour Party have been running their own fact-checking Twitter account yeah. for a longer period of time yeah. and just calling it something else. Well, Alistair Campbell used to do uh, uh, Mail Watch, which was mm. like a daily, a yes. daily deconstruction. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was a lot right. of work, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Every day they would go through line by line. Well, he had a massive problem with the Daily David, Mail. Oh, he hated him, yeah. yeah. Hates him today. Yeah. You know, I mean... Uh, See, that's where I think yeah. it's wrong. I don't think that your politics should make you hate people. But I think, he, to be fair to Campbell, right, and I can't speak for him, but I think he hated Dacre because of what he represented and what he was doing through the Daily Mail, which was, you know... Scaring. Dacre was a brilliant editor. You, listen, so this is the problem for journalists, yeah. isn't it? Is that... And you're going to have to hear this whole paragraph before you start slagging me off, folks. <laughs> Paul Dacre was a brilliant editor if you are talking about edit the production and the crafting of a newspaper and more importantly getting across your message in very vivid terms yeah. no one better but that doesn't mean he wasn't 
like a cancer, I think, in people's really? minds. Because he's, he, his whole business model was about scaring people and, and, and making people feel like women had a place and immigrants had a place. See, I don't and... agree with that at all. I see him completely differently. Too. Really? Yeah, very much so. Because, after all, this is a guy who championed the case of Stephen Lawrence, Yeah, right? but this is always dragged out. And well, you can't just not drag no, it out. No, but it was one case, and you know the antecedents of that, that yeah. Stephen Lawrence's dad was, his, was his Paul D- Dacre's decorator, <laughs> yeah. right? But still... And he paid yeah, no attention to but it. Hang on, if he was such a cancer on society, yeah. he would not have done what you suggest... Uh, that he did. You're saying he did it out of some other reason I think other he, than yeah. wanting to uh, actually redress no. the balance of justice. Do you know what I think he did it out of? And again, this I think my argument supports it. I think he did it because he's such a brilliant journalist mm. and he knew he could, with, almost without risk, everyone talks about how marvellously mm. brave it was, but he knew there was a stack of evidence against those yeah. those thugs. Yeah. And he knew he without also knew risk, they were thugs. Yes, and he could put them on the front page and yeah. say, murderers, sewers, if you don't like Because yeah. he knew a civil court would never find against him. Because the technicality Yeah, but is, he still did it, though. So well, I think you're being slightly disingenuous here. Yes, because he did you're, do it. you're using your own prejudice yeah. to belittle something that he did, which was pretty uh, important at the time. Well, also, the other fact on that... I don't disagree no, listen, with you. I don't, I don't disagree. Listen, that, I don't, I don't yeah. say you can't do that. Yeah. But I think, had he had a different point of view politically, yeah. you might not be saying that. Well, yes. No, I wouldn't be saying it, because I, I, I think he's been consistently... Um, borderline psychotic about how he talks to well, middle England. Well, he's a workaholic like a lot of these people. Yeah. And he was very unpleasant to a lot oh, of people. Oh, very unpleasant. But he wasn't yeah. particularly unpleasant to any particular group of people, which tells me well, uh, that he know. was not... No, he was What not... about immigrants and Polish no, lorry really. drivers and no, stuff no, like this? No, I don't this? think so. Uh, I don't think so. Well. I mean, uh, you'd have to show me evidence of that. The I Daily will. Mail, yeah. The Daily Mail was a very well... Um, Put together newspaper and a very well put together mm. project, if you like. Why do you think of, they had to get rid of him then? Because I think they wanted to change the Did, view of the Daily Mail, which has changed quite considerably since he went away. Well, also because a lot of advertisers were walking. Well, away. I mean, he disputes that, right? Yeah. Because he wrote to the FT yeah. when Geordie Gregg rather unwisely skewered him. Yeah. Um, he said he thought Is, that the young man was being a bit uh, uh, economical, economical with the, the actuality. actuality. <laughs> And, I mean, he's a terrible snob. And yeah. he's he, uh, socially quite inept and awkward. Yeah. Um, Maybe I'm just bitter because he never offered me a job. <laughs> well, I mean, when, <laughs> when you find out how much the people who were, were working for him were yeah. making. I mean, they were making a ton of money. Of money. Yeah. Unbelievable. Well, I mean, the mail were paying twice what, what yeah. any other paper was yeah. paying. Yeah. I mean, I worked inside Associated Newspapers for a brief period of time yeah. for uh, the Mail on Sunday when Peter um, Wright. Wright was in yeah. charge, right? Yeah. Um, and I've never seen such largesse. Yeah. I mean, I came from the Mirror. Yeah. You know, did I? No, I came from the Express, sorry, it's before I went to the Mirror, um, where we didn't really have a pot to piss in. You know, yeah. if you wanted money for That's something, right. you had to go whistle for it, you know. Yeah. Um, and I remember I was working on what was then Night and Day magazine, and I was kind of the production editor, stroke assistant editor, whatever, and I was kind of tasked with making it happen. Um, and it was fantastic what happened, because... Yeah. Um, they wanted to revolutionise the world of... Um, and you'll really appreciate this. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. Cool. They wanted to revolutionise the world of TV listings. Yeah. TV listings were always done, for those of you who don't know the difference, in what's called spot colour. So you could only really have one colour. Yeah. So it could be red here or blue there, yeah. but it couldn't be anything else. Yeah. And you couldn't really run you know, colour pictures on the pages because, unfortunately, you'd have to like move them about. Yeah. Which is what they hadn't thought about because yeah. they decided, and they'd gone to Paul Dacre with this plan, to make full the first full colour TV listings, right? right? And it was going to be printed up in Corby by some place um, that was a commercial printing operation, printed loads of magazines, really high quality, glossy paper. Yeah. 
We sent them the uh, the dummy, the first dummy, <laughs> yeah. and they said, um, and we had colour pictures, right? And they said, um, is this how you're going to do it every week? I said, yeah. I said, it's all been agreed. It's printed. It's brilliant, isn't it? Fantastic. <laughs> they went, um, you know you've got colour changes on the TV pages. Yes. I said, how do you mean? <laughs> they said, well, there's 11 different television regions, That's right? right? Yeah. And if you multiply that by the number of colour changes that you need to make to move yeah. all the pictures every yeah. time something changes, yeah. it will take us a week and a half to print. <laughs> <laughs> what? Christ. Oh, Nobody had thought of this. That right? is brilliant. This is the whole Associated Newspapers empire. That's brilliant. Right to the very top, including the people in the colour studio, yeah. including the editor, yeah. who was Christina Appleyard. And I had to do one of those. Yeah, but... Oh, Christina, can it. I have a word with you? <laughs> yeah. I said, you know, um, the colour... Uh, first time we're ever going to have colour TV listings. Yeah. I said, we can't do it. Yeah. And she went, what do you mean? And I explained it to her. She wasn't technical at all. She didn't even have a computer yeah. because Dacre refused to have a computer. And this was the kind oh, of mantra. Right? Right? Oh, right. So everything had to be printed out yeah. for her. Yeah. She only read stuff that was printed out. Yeah. Do you know what happened? Go on. They didn't tell him. <laughs> I kid you not. We printed the first edition and yeah. the first three, the next three editions. In colour. In London yeah. and in Meridian only. That's brilliant. In colour. That's brilliant. Because that's where Rothermere lived. And where Dacre lived. That is brilliant. And everything else went spot. Do you know what, mate? That is just like <laughs> that is fantastic. But it's just like a story I was told um, in the. I was in the states at a journalism conference yeah. last week, and um, they said the. Uh, yeah, it was the owner of the Philadelphia Inquirer. Oh, yeah. I think. Oh no, no, maybe it was the New York Daily News. Yeah, it was the New York Daily News. Okay. And it wasn't. Uh, is that Moore's... still not Mort Zuckerman? No, no, he no, sold it. I think, isn't he? Yes, no, he sold it now, but it was the one before Mort Zuckerman who owned it. Okay. And this guy had been somewhere and had been to a conference or something like that and they'd said to him, the future, the colour of the future is green, mm. right? Everything is going to be branded green and, you know, this, this is in about 1970 or something. Okay. So this guy comes back and says to his distribution manager, I want every single distribution van and every single vending point painted green right and the guy said have you any idea how many vans and vending points there are there's like about four thousand right. right across the whole of right. new york city and the guy said i don't care i want them all painted green so they went away and they costed it up and it was like more than the annual revenue of right. the business or something <laughs> and it would take years so what they did was they knew where this guy lived right and he had a very habitual pattern right. when he was in new york <laughs> of about three blocks he'd go yeah. to the office then he'd go to his favorite restaurant and he'd go home right. so they painted all of the vans on that route green all the vending points green <laughs> and apparently i am told if you go there today those vans on that That's route brilliant. and those vending points are all still That's green brilliant. well i often <laughs> used to see um the mirror when it, when, it went, when it went black they took the red top off it yeah and all the shops that had That's the mirror right. um in red yeah and I used to wind up the circulation guys all the time. So I'd go and I'd go, when are you changing that to black? Yeah. You can't just be having... You've yeah, changed yeah. the red top. That's right. You can't just have a shop that's got the red that's top right. mirror on it. We never thought of that, did no. we? No. Yeah. And I mean, they're still there today, some of the black ones. I remember. Even though it's now gone back the other way. Do you remember when um, the the, the uh, masthead used to be uh, italic? Yes. Like the words the mirror yeah. were italic. And when Piers Morgan joined, he decided that it was better to have them upright, yeah. right? But he was very nervous about this huge reaction from readers, you know, because journalists always absolutely yeah, yeah. terrify themselves that you change something, mm. you know, everyone will stop buying the yeah. paper because readers hate change. Mm. So we changed the masthead over the course of a fortnight, right, degree by degree. 
getting more and more upright right. until the masthead was finally upright. Right. Of course, nobody no noticed, apart from the circulation department, right. who had a million bloody shops out there with italic, italic windscreens. Right. Unbelievable. <laughs> we're out of time. We're ready. That was the Thought Police. We'll be back on Thursday. My problem is, I don't like anyone right now. I mean, not just, obviously, what about me? socially, obviously. Okay. I've, I've, I've right. always felt like that. But finally, my personality has worn its way into politics, and I, I've got nothing but disdain for mm. all of them. Yeah. You know, the only one we've talked it's about. It's very this hard to see some group of people to support yeah. who even all actually agree with one another. Yeah. I mean, Boris Johnson makes a big thing at the moment of all of the Conservative Party uh, candidates, as well as MPs, former MPs, agreeing on the Brexit withdrawal bill, saying mm. that they all want it. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. But, you know, do they all actually agree on it? Mm. Will they all agree when, when they've finally got their seats yeah. and their constituents are right. saying, oh, have you taken leave of your senses, right. mate? You know, we don't want to leave the European Union. Well, yet. except, I suppose, if they do get that big majority, they've got five more years. So they've got five yeah. years in you know, uh, sitting there in yeah. power to just carry on. Yeah, I just I, I can't wait for the day when, when we can stop talking about bloody Brexit. Yeah. I said, you know, um, the colour, uh, first time we're ever going to have colour TV listings. Yeah. I said, we can't do it. Yeah. And she went, what do you mean? And I explained it to her. She wasn't technical at all. She didn't even have a computer yeah. because Dacre refused to have a computer. And this was the kind oh, of that right? Right. Oh, right. So everything had to be printed out yeah. for her. Yeah. She only read stuff that was printed out. Yeah. Do you know what happened? Go on. They didn't tell him. <laughs> I kid you not. We printed the first edition and yeah. the first three, the next three editions in colour, in London, yeah, and in Meridian only. That's brilliant. In colour. That's brilliant. Because that's where Rothermere lived and where Dacre lived. I have to say, the more I think about David Cameron, the more I think he is to be absolutely reviled uh -huh. as a as a prime minister. Well